Kuma with the pride and joy of Merrimack Commander. One. Takuma. Yeah. But I'm guessing it every good weekend work, dude. How was the intro? Let's read it. That was good. That was good. Last one to ten. How was it? Like it's like a seven or eight. Last week's was like the gold standard. Yeah. This this one is like getting there. Well, I've had uh I've had only like uh, a cup of coffee today. Oh shit. Okay. I'm on that fucking bender of trying to scale back the caffeine intake. Ah, here we go. So that's uh, probably what it was, you know. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, brother? You doing good? Doing good, man. Uh, the kiddo had to stay home from school today, so I got to hang out at the house. You know, just binge watch a few movies. And oh, yeah, what'd you watch? Like, what did I watch? I watched. Actually, do I even want to know? This is going to be some pre 2000 crap that I'm not going to know about. It was like background noise. And one of them, it was on HBO. I think one of them was Breach. That was like a, based on a true story, like, you know, bringing down the biggest spy in American history, um, Robert Hansen. And then. Went down like this Batman rabbit hole. Oh, yeah? Watched Batman: The Killing Joke. The like the anime. It was like the same yeah. cast from the animated series. Oh, are, you, are you getting ready for the Joker? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I'm, like yeah. I'm on the fence. I want to see the Joker. I just don't know when I'm going to do it because yeah. now I'm going down the rabbit hole of changing everything over from New Hampshire plates and licenses to Connecticut. So yeah. I don't know where I'm going to find the freaking time with the end of October and how crazy November is going to be to actually go see the Joker. So, so I, um, I did watch the Joker. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Was it good? I, it was all right, man. Um, a little, maybe I'm getting old, but a little too real, a little too intense, a little too, um, put it this way. That movie's going to put some seriously fucked up thoughts into some very unstable people. You know what I'm saying? Because I heard it was kind of like a, you know, mirror reflection of what's actually going on in the world today yeah, with certain aspects of society. Health, mental health issues are, are a big issue nowadays, and uh, and the movie hits on that quite um, a couple of different times, truthfully. And the whole, I think the big theme of mental health in, in Joker's um, makeup and who he is, but... Uh, I do. I tell you what, you walk away from movies and you're like, I feel like icky. I feel dirty. You know what I'm saying? I, you watch stuff that happens in that movie and you're like, ah, shit. In today's day and world, I don't think you, you can like, you know, kind of, you shouldn't be portraying that kind of things. You know what I'm saying? Uh. So I don't know. Maybe it's just my my thought process and how I view it and how I think media kind of drives certain thoughts into people. Um, but then again, you can't go the other way and not have have the stuff out there you right know, so you can't be like hong kong right 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 of course i mean <laughs> hey mention hong kong right now we might have a problem with you know dude pfr is getting pulled off of hong kong bro. yeah no shit dude the nba that whole hong kong thing is yeah. insane but you granted s- i get it there's like a shit ton of money involved yeah with like basketball on that side of the world and lebron james came out and kind of put his foot in his mouth like not once but twice yesterday dude, so i watched that and i was like Ooh, that's Nike talking. Like that's Nike you know, and NBA talking via LeBron's mouth. I think I think it was Will Kane. He put a tweet out there. Uh, you know, he he was basically saying what LeBron James said was the equivalent of just shut up and dribble to yep. a general manager. Yep, exactly. Like insane. Listen, I, I get it. Um, in regards to just pure viewing uh, power, there's 500 million fans last year that watched the NBA in China. Yeah, 500 million. That's more than the collective population of the United States. So I get it. I see why it's a big market for them. But essentially, what LeBron said last night, it made me. It made me just go like, w- wait, what? Like, excuse me, can you play that back real quick? Right. Um. Essentially, like what I feel, it's like him. You know, saving his brand for the Chinese market. That's what I tweeted that's, yesterday. That's what I see. He did I it see for the brand. He did it for himself. 
um, kind of selfishly, and it was funny because his message was, well, that was a very selfish way of saying right. stuff. Right, it was mis- mis- misinformed or in- uneducated, I don't know, something along those lines of yeah. the dude not knowing enough of what was going on. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, like, uh, what you're saying right now is even more fucked up than right. what he said. You know? I was thinking that, then I'm saying, all right, well, if this general manager or whoever this guy is for the Houston Rockets is misinformed or uneducated, why don't you tell us what the actual information is then? If you're going to be saying that, and... He just put his foot in his mouth twice last night, and it's insane. But, like, the whole money thing. I mean, they were canceling a shit ton of preseason games out there. Like, I think Adam Silver had to have a a sit-down with Yao Ming to soothe ruffled tail feathers. It is insane. Yeah. God. This is is on Twitter – with, with just a, a, a fucking sports league. Like, you can look at people in politics that just can't put the fucking Twitter down. Like, yeah. damn. And I'm just glad as an NFL fan, for once it's not the NFL game. Right, fucking right. Shit, we shit didn't have to take a bullet this time. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God Goodell's not out there. <laughs> Jesus. Take it. Take it, Silver. <laughs> Our biggest problem is, you know, whether or not people should kneel or stand for the national anthem. This is like international crisis shit right here. No, okay. our fucking biggest issue is fucking shit refereeing nowadays. Oh, dude. Oh, my dude. God. Brutal. Brutal. Is it just me? And I think maybe we'll talk about this later on. Maybe not fuck, let's talk about it right now. Like, is it just me or do you think refing has been the worst ever? I, I cannot remember a time that it has been worse. Yeah. No, I think it's been, this has been the worst I've seen it in my lifetime, at least. And a lot of people have brought up good points of, you know, you got the, you know, the whoever the cat is from Monday Night Football and other and Mike uh-huh. uh, Mike Pereira with Fox. And I think Dean Blandino does some referee stuff, too. Like all these veteran-esque people are getting lucrative television jobs and they're leaving the, the referee pool for the NFL. And you have like these inexperienced people or whatnot or these guys that were being covered by these people now in the in the television booths and now the real flaws are starting to show but last night's game not only was it atrocious you know penalty calling that literally had an effect in the division like yeah. if if the lions won will brinson tweeted out the standings and i'll just read it read it off real quick uh, right now with the packers winning packers are five and one vikings are second and four and two bears are three and two and the lions are two two and one if the Lions won last night, they would have been first at three one and yep. one. Packers would have been four and two. Vikings four and two, and the Bears three and two. Like this changed the entire division. It, the, the tie break is now out the window for these line for the Lions, and it could come down to Week Seventeen when these guys play again. Well, it's, it's insane. Not, it's not even the fact that it was one blown call. It was two same exact blown calls. Yeah. There was one, the same exact rough, uh, roughing the face. Is that what they call uh, it? Illegal, uh, illegal hands, hands to the, to the face. face or whatever it is. Uh, that same exact call was called a few plays earlier, right? And uh, it was clearly not the right call, but then they called it again. Um, and I don't know if this is part of the offensive lineman where he's faking it or acting it and pushing his head back more mm-hmm. than it should be. But Trey Flowers, a defensive end for the Lions, had his hand on the shoulder pad yeah. the whole time. And it was close enough to his neck where obviously it looks a little weird, um, but it was definitely on his shoulder pads. And I think the offensive line, very veteran savvy move if it was, was faking it. He was actually pushing his head back right. in a way and was like, right. You know? And, you know, in, the, in this day and age where the NFL is trying to get in bed with legalized sports gambling and you know you you're having outcomes of the game decided by people that are really are just blowing the call like it is insane that this right here costs the entire game for the lions granted the lions could have scored touchdowns instead of field goals we can go down that rabbit hole but 
you know, the end the end result is given with how the game played out, the the referees cost that game. There needs to be the sky judge. Like the sky judge needs to be in there. Just one random guy from the NFL, not fucking Al Riveron that they wheel out from the back every now and then to do a Twitter video. Just some guy that keys up on a microphone or an earpiece that these referees have anyways and say, hey, pick that flag up. That penalty doesn't, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing at all. Let the play go on because with sports gambling, I think the sky judge could quell the, the fixes in kind of rumor mill that I was seeing a lot on Twitter. I think Desmond Howard tweeted out being like, I want to see these referees bank accounts because it was bordering on, is this rigged? Like you could make that conspiracy theory argument of this is nowhere close to illegal use of hands to the face to keep a drive alive. Like, that that is that is insane. Listen, I I think uh, the NFL has good intentions. Obviously, I think at the end of the day, they want to make sure the NFL is a product we can all consume and enjoy it. But it's getting to the point now where it's becoming a little unbearable, right? Because what I do when I watch football games is I'll watch the play and then I'll immediately look in the corner and see if a flag was thrown. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking for the player, the next player, or, like, thinking about the next play. I'm looking at the corner to see if the flag uh, icon's going to pop up or if the ref is going to throw something. I'm also looking at the ref as well. Right. So it's it's kind of conditionless in a way to not to, like, you know, enjoy not to enjoy the game like it used to be. We're just, like, literally, I'm focused on the ref and seeing what the fuck. Is that, is that play call actually going to stand or not, you know? Right. It's it's insane. and. What the hell was it? Like I just I I can't even I can't even believe it. Yeah. It just it needs to stop. They gotta find a way, man. Um, because it's not just a uh, it's not just like a once a year thing anymore. It's like every two weeks, man. Every two weeks there's yeah. some big call. I mean the last big one was against the Saints against the Rams. You remember that call? Yep. This one, I mean, obviously the big Saints one last year. But there's so many more in the middle that we can point out to that are just bad judgment calls, man. Mm-hmm. Like simply bad judgment calls. And I don't know how to fix it. I really don't know how to fix it. You know. Like, you have these rules in place of, oh, you can do replay. But, like, even with the pass interference thing, like, yeah. people that are on the competition committee that came that approved this rule, when they make a challenge flag for passing interference and it doesn't even get overturned, which was another call that the refs blew, the guy's yeah. pretty much getting clotheslined down the field. Yeah. I think it was Marvin Jones, and there was not a flag to be found. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts on that play last night where the defender was also diving for the interception? Um, but their helmets hit. There shouldn't have been a flag. Exactly. You're have playing been. the ball. He's not even. He's not, he he was lunging at a spot where the ball was gonna be. Yeah. The defender was lunging at a spot where the ball was gonna be, and then the fucking wide receiver came in. Yeah. In front of the the defender, and they made yeah. contact. You're via playing their, the ball. So they gotta fix it, man. It's not good. It's not good one bit. No. Nope. I'm not happy with it. No. Nope. It's gotta know? stop. It's yeah. gotta stop. Yeah, but other than that, anything else uh, go with you this last week, man? No, no, that was that was pretty much it. Just hanging out, yeah, doing yeah. anything. Yeah. Cool, cool. So my brother came up from Ohio. Yeah, and uh, we hung out last week, and we went to the uh, Patriots Giants game. That was a that was a fun uh, fun little endeavor, man. Yeah, how was uh, how was the trek up to Foxborough? So first of all, we made a massive mistake, and uh, we didn't leave until four p.m. Wow, the game was <laughs> the game was eight twenty p.m. and it's a two and a half hour drive without traffic. Again, <laughs> Jay, I want to. No disrespect. Yeah. I want to be a fly on the wall in the thought process of we're going to leave Connecticut at 4 o'clock and drive in rush hour traffic to 
a suburb outside of Boston. Listen, it was it was not just a like I wanted to leave around like two p.m. right, but yeah. things started happening. Like my brother's my brother's wife is up here as well. Okay, so like they had to take care of a couple of things. They went to the mall and they did some stuff, and they were just running behind. Okay, they're on vacation, so they're not like on a set schedule. You right. Know what I'm saying? Um, but <laughs> leaving at four p.m. And getting up there, so we leave at 4 p.m. We get uh, up into the Foxborough area around 7:30 with traffic. <laughs> it took us three hours, right? <laughs> My plan was to get there early, like watch around Pat- or walk around Patriots Plaza, get some food, and go inside the stadium, right? Yeah. I got there at 7:30, and there is literally to go four miles from the highway to Gillette Stadium. There's a long road that Dude, goes it's just one road it's in, one, one way road into out. Gillette Stadium, and one way out. And it took us a good like 45 minutes to get to our parking spot. Yep. Um, and by that time at 7.30 and 45 minutes, we're at 8.15. We literally had to run, to <laughs> run to the stadium and we got, we didn't get to our seats, right? Because what we did was, uh, we ran in and <laughs> the second we ran into the stadium, like there's a kickoff there, right? And we started watching, uh, down by something called the Bud Light Fan Zone. It's like basically on the field, there's a little state, there's a little concession stand for food. There's like concession stand for drinks. Is that by the end zone where like the lighthouse yeah, is? Okay. Yeah. So right, right below the lighthouse is a massive open area yeah. that people just hang out and be social. And I'm thinking to myself, like we're already standing here watching the game. It's awesome. We're talking to some Patriots fans, right? Like why go sit for the nosebleeds when we can just be down here and right. just like hang out and get, we have a good view of the game. Um, so that's what we did. We just hung out down there. And I was talking to some of the locals that went to the games uh, for years now, and they say they buy the cheapest tickets possible and just hang out in the Bud Light fan zone. Sick. So pro tip, if you're ever going to Gillette Stadium, do Makes it that sense. way. You know? Makes sense. So uh, after the first uh, – so Brady threw an interception, right? Yes. No, no, no. When did Daniel Jones throw his first interception? First quarter? Yeah. They were back-to-back. Right? So he throws his first interception, and I'm hanging out with my brother. My brother has a Giants hat on, and some drunk little midget, like shorter, like six inches shorter than Blake as well, right? Rolls up to my brother and starts talking shit. Welcome to New England. <laughs> right? Y'all, Dude, worst instantly, fan. instantly, my, like, both my brother and myself, like, our inner Brooklyn came out, right? <laughs> and, like, I started pushing him as hard as I possibly could. And then my brother started, like, squaring up to him, like, yo, bro, what the fuck are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Right. And all of a sudden, like, these other New England fans had to come in and kind of, like, intervene and be oh like, hey, listen, right, you got to stop. You got to stop. But it was clearly not our fault because we were just standing there watching right. the game. And this guy just comes up and starts, like, talking all kinds of shit, like, pushing my brother in the back. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And the second I see that, I start pushing him aside. Yep. <laughs> it was, it was absolutely insane. insane. It was absolutely insane. I was like, oh, my God. We almost got into a fight here. And the funny, thing was, the funny thing was, like, um, there's a couple of cops, like, down the, like, I don't know, like, 56. 60 feet away. Yep. They're watching this whole thing and they're just like, oh, God. They didn't even come over and say anything. Yep. They're like, nobody, as like, as nobody's as thrown as a punch yet. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a problem as soon, yet. As soon as he like walked away, they're like, all right, well, it's just another, another fucking jackass yep. talking shit. Welcome to Foxborough. <laughs> but he was so tiny talking all kinds of shit. And I'm like, is this dude for real right now? Welcome to Foxborough. <laughs> Welcome to Foxborough, yeah, Jay. Not, it, was a, it was a great game, man. It was an absolutely great game. And the funny thing is my brother t- was talking all kinds of shit on the way up. On the way up, he was talking all kinds of shit. And I'm like... This motherfucker. I mean, he's got. He, <laughs> I, I, hey, I appreciate the enthusiasm. I mean, granted, you're talking shit with like nobody around Daniel Jones on Thursday, and uh, like <laughs> the, the drive back was pretty quiet. I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. At one point, at one point, he was like, "I wish they'd throw Eli Manning back in there." I'm like, "What? Dude, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't no, want that. my god, oh my god!" But no, it was a good experience, man. I had a good time up there, you know. Awesome. 
Um, so that will lead us into perfectly segueing into our week six storylines. Yeah. I know the big uh, thing I want to hit on is just the Patriots offensive woes against the Giants. I'm sure we won the game against the Giants in Thursday Night Football. What was the final score? 35-14, 35-21? Yeah, they, they got like two touchdowns towards the end. Well, we I covered. mean, it was a game up until yeah. like the end of the third quarter. Yeah, we covered. Um, but at the end of the day, man, that D looked absolutely awesome for the most part as usual. They're just continuing their great run. Um, and besides that one long play to Golden Tate, I mean, they had they had great defense all night long. You know what I'm saying? Um, they forced three interceptions and only allowed 52 rushing yards, which is a great day uh, in all. Now, the Patriots offense is really starting to scare me a big time. I'm starting to get really, really worried about this Patriots offense. Um, there's so many injuries that's finally catching up to all to the Patriots. And the main root of all the, the issues is the injuries that wide receiver and offensive line. And I don't see any way to quickly fix that. Like, I think this is going to be something we have to kind of ride out with. Yeah. Now, it was so bad in the second half, Brady could only run 11 personnel just because there was no more bodies to be flexible with. It was just Gunnar Olshansky out there, fucking Jacoby Myers. Yeah, Lacoste went down, right? Lacoste went down. Josh Gordon went down early. Philip Dorsett was out. Um, So, literally, there was, like, no bodies left to be flexible with. It was like, all right, well, these are all the players left. Just make it happen somehow. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then also my big, my other bigger concern is now where's Sony Michelle? Like the run game and Sony Michelle have disappeared from last year's uh, at the end of last year. How dominant we were running the ball, it's not there anymore. What are you missing though? Offensive line. Not even that. What else? Well, De- well Devlin's on IR. D- James but Devlin's a big just, part of that offensive. But just, just offensive blocking game. itself uh, on the offensive end is causing all kinds of issues for Tom Brady. It's causing issues for the run game. There's just a lot that needs to be fixed, and I don't know if they can do it. Um, quickly, and and uh, looking back on that game last night, uh, a couple nights ago, I really wish we had Demarius Thomas. <laughs> truthfully, yeah, <laughs> we traded him just because we got Antonio Brown. But I, uh, I'm concerned about this offense, and at the end of the day, I'm always gonna have faith in the Patriots because they are who they are, and they are a great defense, and I think eventually they'll find their way. But I'm seriously concerned about this team yeah. right now. I mean, Nikhil Harry, he practiced today. Uh, he's eligible to, I think, he come off a short-term IR. Word on the street is the second person coming off a short, short-term short IR is going to be Isaiah Wynn. Uh, I'm not too sure how many more weeks he has left on that. Probably like you know another two weeks or so, depending on when he went on uh, IR at the beginning of the year. But no, I mean, my first topic, just to piggyback off of that, is just the, this offensive line is the biggest liability for the New England Patriots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just like another, it was just another bad day at the office. Uh the, the, the front four, they, they weren't able to give Brady time to throw. Uh, you, you know, Brady was rushed. He was thrown behind Edelman a few times. It also it didn't help that his wide receivers had stone hands, regardless of whether or not Josh Gordon was in there. Um, just it, it was just a bad offensive line play. And over, like, the last three weeks, the Pats uh, O-line is 17th in adjusted sack rate. So, you know, it's a percentage of, you know, sacks and it factors in – down distance team intentional grounding they're 17th uh, at 5.38 percent on the season the offensive line has allowed seven sacks and 28 quarterback hits so this is this is no bueno for tom brady to you know even with quick throws that brady typically does he's still not having enough time to hit Edelman on the slant route or a little check down to insert running back here i mean james james white got run uh, in the in that game, but you know that was really it, uh, and it's affecting like you said the rushing game. I mean short yardage dis, short yardage runs on the one yard line, mm-hmm. and they had zero faith in Sony Michelle or yeah, James White sneak. 
or or whoever. So you got 42 plus year old Tom Brady diving head first into the end zone. Like that that's yeah. just insane. So really the quick fix short of calling Bruce Allen until he blocks Bill Belichick's phone number is you're just going to have to ride it out with Isaiah Wynn uh, until Isaiah Wynn comes back. But th- this offensive line is going to be the, the biggest issue moving forward until that, that, that guy comes back. Yeah. I'm not uh, – I don't know what's going to happen, dude. I'm scared. <laughs> but that's insane. 11 sacks and 28 quarterback hits through mm-hmm. six weeks. Yep. Insane. I mean, it's, that's bad for a 42-year-old quarterback. Kind of uh-huh. And that's and he's going to break down over time. Like, at the end of the day, he's not going to be able to bounce back as quickly as he used to be off those hits. You know what I'm saying? Like, as you get older, those hits linger into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At his advanced age, at 42, it's probably going to be Thursday, Friday. Like, how, how quickly can he recur for each right. game? So. I, I truly don't see a way how this can get better. I don't. I, I can't see it right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how can he magically get healthy? Like, Trent Williams doesn't seem to be on the block. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what's going to happen? So, I don't know, man. I'm scared. Um, I still have faith in my team at the end of the day. Um, the, this team proved me wrong, especially last year. Last year, I, hadn't thought, I thought we had no business winning the Super Bowl, but somehow we did. So, they find a way to pull it out. That's fine. But there's seriously some concerns I need to fix immediately as soon as possible up in New England. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, storyline two from week six, man. Um, Kansas City versus Houston. Uh, Houston going into Arrowhead and taking that upset win, bro. Called it. Two in a row. Back-to-back losses for Houston. I'm sorry, for Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think uh, Patrick Mahomes ever had back-to-back losses, right? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so. Uh, no, I think this is the game where Watson has officially arrived. You know what I'm saying? This is his big signature win. Sure, he's been great year in and year out um, whenever he wasn't hurt or whenever when he was healthy. But I think this is the uh, the one game that put him into the MVP race. And I also think this is the biggest win for O'Brien as well. Um, now, it's hard to play good in Arrowhead, but Watson had a uh, 88 QBR while Mahomes was only at 61. And I think this Houston team is different because it's rounding um, into a good complementary team, right? It's not forcing Watson to carry them at all times. Um, Carlos Hyde, the running back for the Texans, had 116 yards and a touchdown. Um, go Buckeyes, by the way. Mm. Right? Um, and and it, it's just, it just speaks to the bigger, um, you know, team, uh, just just how they're playing as a team, just because in the past they've asked Watson to carry that team. Um, in regards to summer's move, summer moves that O'Brien made, man, and got crushed for, seems to be working out at the moment, right? Seems like they're playing pretty well. Yeah, but of course, you know, they finally get the offensive line to gel, but then Ty- Tyrus Howard's going to be out for four to six weeks with the MCL spring. Yeah. So. Um, and then on the other side, man, the Chiefs defense, man, they might be worse than last year. Um, that's saying something. <laughs> they're pretty bad. Well, I mean, they're good against the pass. They're just 28th against the rush. <laughs> you can just look at the last two weeks and, and then uh, this coming game. Yeah, and, and what they're doing now is what the Texans did uh, to Watson a couple of years ago where they're consistently asking Mahomes to carry them and win football games. They're like, you know what? All right, you go out there and throw a six-yard bomb and hopefully it works out for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Kansas City can turn it back around. But Houston seems to be a real player in the AFC now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this is, look, look, this is what happens when you actually give Watson time in the pocket to throw. I mean, he he was on a breakout pace. He would have been rookie of the year, possibly an MVP candidate in his rookie year as well if he didn't blow his knee out in practice two years ago. Last year, kind of an off year, bad offensive line coming off of the knee surgery. But now, like, 
you know, the offensive line seems to be gelling. There's more weapons around him. And he's passing the ball to fucking everybody. I mean, yep. DeAndre Hopkins, granted, he's getting all that coverage. But, I mean, Kenny Stills was – I think he sat out this game. But a couple of games before, he was involved big time. Kiki Cutie went healthy. He's he's amazing. Will Fuller dropped three fucking touchdowns on Sunday. I started him, too. Insane. In freaking sane. And then Darren Fells, like their tight end is getting involved. So everybody in this offense is getting involved. It's going to be great to watch moving forward. Side note before you get to your um, picks, uh, I'm sorry, your storyline. Who do you think is the MVP of the, of the NFL so far? Because I'm, going, I, I I'm going, four, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Right, I have four in the, uh, in the pool right now, which is going to be McCaffrey, Watson, um, Wilson, and Mahomes. And I'm going with Wilson. I think a Wilson – Watson is right close behind second for me, but I think I'm going with Wilson right now. Yeah. No, I'm going run CMC, going yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Wilson, uh, which, I mean, you could flip-flop Wilson and Watson, and then Mahomes just because, I don't, you, you know, Mahomes isn't healthy. And then you could see, like, the first quarter on Sunday compared to the rest of the game because I think he got hit in the ankle again yeah. by a linebacker, and he just couldn't move anymore. That sure. strip sack that turned into a touchdown – uh, he just couldn't move. Like the pressure was coming in around the pocket, he couldn't even step up. So mm-hmm. that ankle is a big friggin' problem for Mahomes right now. Uh, my second storyline is the NFC East is getting really friggin' interesting right now. The the Eagles lost uh, to Minnesota, and the Cowboys. You know, Jerry Jones. He went up the he went up the road. We went up to went up to the Meadowlands to watch the the them boys beat the Jets. Oh, wait, they didn't beat the Jets. They got, you know, upset big time by the New York Jets with Sam Darnold and his spleen uh, coming back. And Darnold looked good. Darnold looked good against that defense, too. Um, So this division's wide open. And right now, the Eagles and Cowboys are tied for first. And the New York Giants are only one game back in the division. That's a bad division. That is, it's insane. I don't don't know if that's worse than the AFC North division. It is insane. So right now, and you know what? This this division always log jams. If you go back through the years, it always log jams. And it always comes down to the last couple of weeks of the season to see who's going to win the division. And, uh, and make it to the playoffs. But this race could get interesting real quick because Barkley could be coming back. Ingram uh, is tracking to come back from his MCL sprain. Uh, Sterling Shepard is still in concussion protocol. Uh, Wayne Gallman, I think, is still in concussion protocol right now. But once you get like those tools back with the Giants, this whole division could be really interesting to watch because looking at how the NFC landscape is, everybody short of the Lions because they got hosed last night is in striking distance of making a playoff run in the NFC North. The NFC West might send three fucking teams because that's how good Seriously, that division might is. Be Jesus. The AF, the NFC South is kind of like a two-horse race right now. Yeah. And you're going to have to win this division to make the playoffs when yeah. you factor in wild cards and everything. So the, the last couple of weeks, the, the upcoming schedule for the Eagles, they're – they have Dallas this weekend on Sunday Night Football. Then they go to Buffalo. That's not going to be an easy matchup. Chicago, that's not going to be an easy matchup. By week, at home in New England, at home Seattle. That's not an easy schedule for the Eagles. Dallas, Philadelphia, by week, at the Giants, which is going to be different from week one. Minnesota, Detroit, and then at New England. And then the Giants, out of these three, I think kind of have the easier schedule coming up at Arizona, uh, in Arizona this week. Uh, actually, Arizona's coming up to the Meadowlands in Detroit at home against Dallas 
uh, against the Jets, which is just going to be a home game for them too, bye week, and then Chicago. So, yeah, yeah this NFC East, one of those weak-ass divisions is going to have huge playoff implications coming Seriously. up. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, okay, uh, storyline number three for me. What has happened to the Cleveland Clowns? <laughs> Oh, my God. They dropped uh, another game. They lost to the Seahawks. Did they have a lead? They did. They were 20 to 6. <laughs> They're up 26 at halftime. And I was like, oh, great. What do you fucking know? The, the fucking Browns are out here balling against the fucking Seahawks, right? And then they squandered all the way. They ended up uh, losing 32 28. Um, and my biggest thing is, man, what has happened to Baker Mayfield? Um, a lot of the excuses made for Baker early on this season was he didn't have enough time, the old line wasn't playing good. The O-line gave him plenty of time on Sunday. He was just making bad, bad reads, right? Um, he had three interceptions, which absolutely crushed the Browns, right? And then he had the balls after the game to call the fucking refs. Did you hear that? Yeah. I'm going to get fined, but the refs, like, like, stop come on. it, man. And, and that just is the perfect dichotomy of who Baker Mayfield is. He went out there, threw three interceptions, and he fucking blames it on the refs, man. Just bad judgment on that guy all the way around. Um, and I think being that cocky eventually catches up to you in the NFL, right? People start taking notice. People start taking whatever you say as bulletin board material. And at the end of the day, man, their worst nightmare is here. Back in March, people were all we were talking about when this team was put together. Like, you know, hey, if they don't, you know, come out, you know, 2-2 two and two or whatever. It's like, you know, 3-3 three and three in the beginning of the season. If they're under 500, this thing's going to implode. And I think this is on the teetering of being imploding here soon. Odell right? was starting to throw his hands. I'm just saying, right? Odell was starting to throw his hands. I mean, that's, that's the absolute worst nightmare, which was offense is, is underachieving with Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham Jr. is not getting his catches. And Freddie Kitchens looks lost. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I think it's over. I think it's time to throw a towel in. And I don't think the Browns will bounce back. Sure, they're all, their schedule softens up towards the back end of the year. But I think at that time, there's going to be so much turmoil that I'm going to be able to put a cohesive unit on the Right. Field. But you know what? If ever a time there was for a bye week, it's, it's right now. Yeah, and but but I, congratulations. You got the fucking Patriots coming out of bye week. Right. But then, you know, you got a whole fucking week to regroup. I honestly expect at some point within the next couple of days, I would expect a change in play calling to happen. Like Todd Munkin is going to have to start calling these damn plays. And the Browns did something interesting today too. They traded uh, a second round center from last year uh, to the LA Rams for like a fifth round draft pick. And granted he wasn't starting, but like they're shaking up an offensive line that is really thin at best at depth and isn't giving Baker Mayfield enough time to, to to operate and function and it's just i don't think it's over i don't think the the, this division is so weak they're only two games back right now they're tied with the steelers they they play the Bengals twice towards the end they get arizona uh rematch with the baltimore ravens which is going to be a huge fucking division game uh week 16 i mean if they could if they could figure out a way for the upcoming schedule pats broncos bills steelers if you know maybe come out two and two yeah, three. I don't know. Well, like, even at two and tread two, water a little bit. Even at two and three or four and six. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the division's that weak, and the Ravens are so inconsistent. They drop two, they win two. Yeah. They drop two. Granted, they just traded for Marcus Peters, so who knows what that defense is going to look like now moving forward? But I think the Browns are still alive to win this division. And I said it last week: an eight and eight or a nine and seven team could make it to the playoffs out of this division too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on to my last point. Uh, let's see. I, I think this is probably the end of the line for Marcus Mariota and James Winston. Yep. Uh, brutal, brutal weekend for 
the uh, the top uh, draft picks in the 2015 NFL draft class. I mean, just Jameis Winston, 30 of 54, 400 yards, one touchdown, five interceptions in the London game. Uh, his passer rating was 40, 46.8, and he had a 10.1 QBR. Uh, at least he was throwing the ball downfield. Marcus Mariota, 7 of 18, 63 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, passer rating of 9.5, and a QBR of 12.8. Mariota was later benched for Ryan Tannehill, who came in and ended the game with a higher QBR and a higher passer rating on limited snaps. And both of these QBs, they're in the final year of their contracts. Um, I just I don't think either of these two are going to be back with either the, the Titans or uh, or the Buccaneers. I, I just you, you can't invest money and you, you've had five years to you know figure figure out the position. Granted, you know Mariota had four different head coaches or play callers in in his career, and Jameis Winston's had something along the same deal. But Winston's always been like the pick machine going back to Florida State. Like yeah. you think he would learn by now to maybe take the check down. Yeah, I can run. Let me let me try to move the sticks. Like minimize damage. And they're just they're not helping themselves out. I mean, I think at the end of the season they're going to be free agents. They're probably going to do the Blake Bortles thing and sign on as a backup quarterback for the rest of their careers. And and that's it. But it was a brutal weekend for these 2015 top draft picks. Dude, I, and I find it funny because um, we always go back and forth about this. But there were times where Jameis Winston looked good this year, right? Yeah. There was times Jameis Winston has looked good good throughout his career. There's times that Mariota has looked good for a good four to six game span. But it's that consistent winning at quarterback that is so hard to achieve in the NFL. Yep. Why? That's why the greats like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and whoever else you want to throw into that elite status, that's what makes him so great. It's that day in and day out consistency. Right. um, Where some of these guys just have like four or five games at a time that are great. Um, all right, so that back, uh, that uh, wraps up uh, week six. Uh, let's look forward to week seven. The first uh, game that we're going to be picking is going to be the Chiefs and the Broncos on Thursday Night Football. Um, so for the Chiefs, we talked about it in the uh, first segment. Not going to highlight all their issues again. For the Broncos, their defense looked lost for the first four games. They really did. They, I was like, where is Bradley Chubb? Where is fucking uh, Von Miller? Where's all these guys? Um, but the last two weeks, that defense has come alive and is the main reason they have won two games in a row. Um, now, that offense is not good, though, and Joe Flacco had another brutal day. As bad as Mariota was, Joe Flacco was worse. Like, Joe Flacco ended up with the worst QBR of 40.4, 177 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, and that's simply not going to do it, right? Um, this is a game that's... I mean, they might hang in for the first quarter, but it's gonna be an absolute. It's gonna be a bloodbath, in my opinion. It's gonna be forty-two seventeen. I think Yeesh. the Chiefs. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are gonna get right. They're gonna come out and uh, just fucking put the hammer down on the on the Broncos, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Real quick, just on the the Kansas City side, you know, like we said, Mahomes' lack of mobility is a big issue. Um, Kansas City. Kansas City needs to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've rushed the ball eleven times against Houston. Uh, Denver is eighteenth against the rush uh, as a defense. Uh, McCoy and uh, insert of Williams here, Darren or Daryl Williams, uh, they need to get more involved in, in the running game. Over the last three games, Kansas City rushed the ball a combined 50 times. 25 times in the last two weeks. Yeah. You need to run the ball. And I get it. Like, the big problem is is the, uh, the other team that they're playing is drawing long drives and running the ball at you a bazillion times. So you're going to have to do, like, four-play drives, just chuck it up to Tyreek Hill and, and try to get back in the game quickly. But 
if you're just going to be throwing the ball the whole time, they're just going to sell out the pass and, you know, make you throw, you know, run the ball down out, down their throat. Um, so I think they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, Denver is fourth against the pass. I expect Chris Harris to be lined up on Tyreek Hill a little bit. So Miko Hardman and uh, Demarcus Robinson and Pringle are going to have to step up because, you know, you got Tyreek Hill going to get the Harris treatment. They're probably going to take uh, Travis Kelsey out of the game plan as well, too. So these second and third uh, options are going to have to really step up for Mahomes. The Denver side. This is another team that could bang between the tackles with the run game. Uh, you got Philip Lindsay, you got Royce Freeman. It's a straight 50-50 split back there. Uh, fantasy football wise, uh, obviously you could have RB one numbers from Philip Lindsay uh, as a flex option. I would probably plug in uh, Royce Freeman, in my honest opinion, just because of how much Vic Fangio is probably going to want to run the ball and draw the clock out here. Um, the Denver uh, rushing attack is just going to eat against this Kansas City defense that's 30th against the rush. Uh, it's insane. Cortland Sutton's been the one bright spot for the wide receiver core. Uh, over the last six games, he has 477 receiving yards, which is ninth in the league right now. Three touchdowns. If Denver can get the play action going, I think Flacco can start taking some deep shots down the field a few times with Cortland Sutton. The over-under is 50. Give me the under and give me Denver at home. I think okay. they're gonna bang between so the tackles. Three straight losses for the Chiefs, huh? Yep, in a huge division Oof. game. But just because these this run game, I think, is gonna get going against this really, really bad Kansas City defense. Oh, I just had that thinking. You just picked the Broncos to beat the Chiefs for three straight three straight losses for the Chiefs now. Yep. All right. That's that's big bro. Yeah. All right. You gotta put your balls out there sometime. <laughs> I've been right. I've been, I've been two for one. I missed the Colts pick. I got I got the I got the uh, the pick last week with the Texans. Let's go for two for one. Yeah, I'm but going. But that's Denver. the Texans, though. This is the Broncos. This is Joe Flacco. Yeah. But look at everyone, everybody, including me, rode off the Colts, right? Yeah. And what they do? They ran the ball down their throat. Their offensive line, the Colts' offensive line was lights out. I think the Denver offensive line, despite some of the injuries to Jawan uh, Taylor and I think another cat went down for a few more weeks, I think is still a better offensive line to establish the run with. Give me the give me the Broncos at mile high. All right. Well, if you get that right, man, you're like Nostradamus. Yeah, here. let's go. Um, next up, Raiders versus the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not going to lie to you, I am absolutely stunned. The Oakland Raiders are 3-2 and two so far. Second in the division. With quality division. with quality wins over Indianapolis and Chicago yep. before their bye week. Yep. Um, so this past week, they were on a bye, so we don't have anything to analyze there. But it's a very simple formula for Oakland. They have a solid running attack with Josh Jacobs, an overachieving defense, and Derek Carr is being very efficient and very careful with the football, right? And that's usually a win winning recipe in the NFL. Now, on the on the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers, last night, dude, he made some throws out just like, wow, that's vintage Aaron Rodgers. That 13-yarder, to what's that kid's name? The number 13, um, oh, Lazar? Lizard or Lizard. Yeah, Lizard. This is some guy, some random guy that comes off the fucking practice squad with a thing of beauty, man. And uh, for some reason, it seems like Aaron Rodgers always seems to have the Lions numbers. Um, but there are quite a bit of injuries on the offensive side they got to address. And if I was the uh, Packers GM, I would just consider trading for a wide receiver as he was out there on the market and try to bring him in because of all the injuries. Um, at the end of the day, I see the Raiders putting up a good fight, especially uh, a good fight up against the Packers, but I don't see them beating the Packers, especially in Lambeau, man. So give me the Packers 24-23. All right. Uh, I mean, really, this uh, 
Oakland side of this offensive line, to piggyback on your Derek Carr uh, statement right there, I mean, this offensive line is ranked eighth overall in the NFL right now. Uh, so far during last uh, during the season last year, they ended the season as 25th overall. So light years improvement of an offensive line for for Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they held fast against the Chicago Bears. I think they're going to do the same against this, you know, air quote improved uh, Green Bay Packers defense. Darren Waller, uh, I think he's going to be a big factor in this game. Uh, he's the former wide receiver, converted tight end, uh, the uh, hard knocks darling uh, this year. The kid's got the goods. Uh, he's a big-bodied guy, can go down the field, runs like a four-something f- four. He, he's lightning fast. Uh, Green Bay is a top-six defense against the tight end, uh, but if Ty Williams – and their new wide receiver, Zay Jones, are able to go uh, play this week. Zay Jones should be able to play. Uh, Ty Williams didn't practice this week. If he's able to go, that's going to take less heat off of Darren Waller. Should open things up for him. Uh, and Zay Jones can stretch the field as well, too. Lightning fast. Uh, just the kind of guy that John Gruden needs in this offense. Uh, and Oakland is uh, ranked 10th against the rush, 21st against the pass. Uh, so... If Adams is not able to go, I think Green Bay is just going to try to force feed the ball to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones because I don't have any confidence in the wide receivers for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. They had a couple of drops. Granted, I think one pass hit a dude in the face, like right in the face yeah, mask last night. Like, um, so these, uh, these pass catchers for Green Bay aren't the best. On the Green Bay side of things, Yes, the Packers are 5-1. and one. Technically, they should be 4-2. and two. But right now, over the years, uh, over the season, I should say, Green Bay is 24th in total offense, 14th in passing offense, 23rd overall passing offense, wow. uh, and 19th sco- in scoring. Like, this, this is, you know, the kind of offense with Matt LaFleur that was supposed to be Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan-esque of, you know, we're going to make things automatic and you're going to play quick and everything's going to be automatic for for Aaron Rodgers. And it's just become a, like a screeching halt kind of well, offense they've here. They've also had issues with injuries as well. That's kind of hindering their performance on offense. Right. You know? But, I mean, even still, like they're not even really uh, giving Aaron Jones the ball. He had a great week last week, and then Jamal Williams comes back and yeah. Jamal Williams goes off and Aaron Jones gets no love. And these, pat- these wide receivers aren't catching anything. Jimmy Graham couldn't catch a cold. But it's just uh, it, it's not looking what it what it was supposed to be advertised, and I think to change it up, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to air the ball out, maybe go a little bit no huddle, catch the Oakland Raiders on their heels, especially with the, how weak their passing defense is, and uh, and go from there. Uh, the rushing defense needs to shore up. They're twenty eighth. This is Green Bay. Green Bay is twenty eighth against the rush. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs could have a big day. You still got Josh Jacobs, right? You didn't. Yeah, I still have him. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I Vegas... finally did get a win though in the PFR league. Yeah, saw that. It was good. Oh, was like, yeah, okay. look at that. Stephon Diggs goes off. Well, I uh, I had a player in my lineup that didn't even play. Oh. I had Marquise Brown in my lineup. Oh, look at that. And he had uh, zero points. And yeah. I was like, because I gave up. I still have to give up. I was like, all right. Wow. Let me. I guess let me put some effort into this lineup, but I'm not gonna like give too much thought to it. So wow. Whatever. But Stephon Diggs have 40 points. So look at that. <laughs> well, back to Green Bay real quick. Vegas over under for this game is 46 and a half. I'm gonna go crazy again. Uh, give me the over and give me Oakland on the road. All right. Wow. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, Texans versus Colts. Um, I we I went to fairly great detail by discussing how great Texans were in the first segment. So in the interest of time, uh, spoiler alert: they're fucking great. <laughs> uh, Colts, on the other hand, man. Um, 
They're also coming off of a bye, um, but they had a great win going into the bye as well. I mean, that win against Kansas City was putting the NFL on notice that Indianapolis can ball. And they seem to be just as good as they were last year, if not better. And I don't understand how that's possible with uh, Bursette in the lineup over Andrew Luck, right? Um, now, this game between the Texans and the Colts, in my eyes, it's just a toss-up, right? I, I think I mean, both teams are good enough to win, but I'm going to go with Houston here. Just because I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Brissett, obviously. And I'm going to go with Houston 21, Indianapolis 17. Okay. All right. Uh, real quick, just on the Houston side, uh, I think they really need to figure out a way to get DeAndre Hopkins going. Uh, he's been, after that week one performance against the Saints, he's been kind of mediocre at best. Uh, I think he, he salvaged the, the day on Sunday with, I think he had almost 100 receiving yards. I'm pretty sure. I didn't get 10 points from him. I think I got like 80, 8.5. Uh, but... Over his career uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, he has uh, 425 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I think they just need to kind of manufacture ways to get DeAndre Hopkins more involved uh, in the passing attack. Uh, the Houston defense, they, they've been stout against the rush, but 24th against the pass. They're going to have to find a way to lock down T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell uh, in, in this offense for the Colts here uh, in order to kind of keep up. Uh, on the Indianapolis side, uh, Jacoby did what he had to do uh, two weeks ago, just hand the ball off to Marlon Mack, run the ball down Kansas City's throat. Uh, but this week, uh, I think they're just gonna they're gonna have to air it out a little bit. Uh, they this uh, this Houston defense, like I said, is not that great against the pass. Just air the ball out, have faith in your pass catchers, Jacoby, and I think that's gonna be able to keep you up uh, in this shootout of a game. It's one of the highest totals on the board, uh, and this offensive line has been. Uh, amazing, uh, like we said over the last couple episodes here. And I think they're going to have to have another big performance against J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. Uh, Vegas over-under is at 48. Uh, give me the over and give me Indianapolis at home. Uh, real quick, if this game gets out of hand, Marlon Mack might fade, and you'll see a little bit more Naheem Hines. He's kind of the pass-catching back. If you're doing a little DFS tournament play, want to take a, a dart throw, you can plug Naheem Hines in there as well. Okay, all right, all right. Next up, Ravens versus Seahawks. And um, I tell you what, Lamar Jackson is not the same quarterback he was the first two games of the season. Uh, he was very confident out of the gate. He was throwing amazing. He was looking He was looking off safeties. I mean, he was just bombing it away. Um, but the last few weeks, man, he's kind of regressed back to his rushing ways and being a little bit, um, I guess, careful with the ball than he should be. Uh, which is great, I guess. But at the end of the day, his rushing yards against Cincinnati were up to 152 yards, which is quite a bit for a running for a, for a quarterback. That's like running back fucking numbers. Um, even though they won 23-17, um, the run game is apparently the staple for that Baltimore's offense. Um, it's a great one-two punch with Lamar Jackson and Ingram. Um, defense is an issue for the Ravens, but Marcus Peters should help out with that. Yep. I mean, Marcus Peters, um, who else was the guy? Earl Thomas. I mean, that's a great secondary right there yeah. now, right? Um, in regards to the Seahawks, man, Russell Wilson is my MVP right now. Like I said, he was absolutely brilliant against the Browns. Um, 23, uh, 33, 295 yards, three touchdowns, 86 QBR. Um, surprisingly, uh, Carson didn't fumble. That was, a, that was a shock, right? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> he had a good showing versus the Browns, 124 yards and one touchdown. 
Um, and watching Seattle versus Cleveland, man, you can just tell Seattle has been there before and they know how to win. Um, anytime that Cleveland would have some sort of light or some sort of hope, Seattle would just kind of make one more play and just put their fucking uh, foot down on their necks. I think Seattle is a legit, legit contender. Give me Seattle, 28-21, 28-21 over the Ravens. Yeah, uh, Baltimore side. Uh, Seattle's great against the rush, but Lamar's going to have to do it with his arm but against the 12th man up in Seattle. Uh, surprising enough, the Seahawks are 23rd uh, ranked against the pass. Uh, if Hollywood Brown's able to go, uh, he could have a decent day. I think Mark Andrews, if he's healthy enough, he was battling the foot issue, and then I think he had a shoulder issue. Uh, he was on the injury report last week with that. If uh, Mark Andrews is good to go, uh, he could have a big day. Uh, Seattle is bottom four in defending against the tight end. Uh and Seattle is middle of the road against rushing quarterbacks as well, too. So if you got Lamar Jackson as a fantasy quarterback, he's a great option for you. He should be able to run on it as a rushing quarterback, I should say. Um, and Baltimore is, uh, you know, Baltimore's fourth against the, the rush, 25th against the pass. So DK Metcalf, he could be in line for a big day on the Seattle side, uh, especially with Will Disley going down. Uh, Vegas over under is setting this at 50 and a half. It's the highest total on the board this week. Uh, give me, I don't think it's going to get that high. Give me the under, but give me Seattle at home. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, Eagles versus Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys, they went from 3-0 and to 0-3, and life comes at you fast. Yeah. Right? They were legit 14-2 and contenders, and now they've dropped three in a row, and it came to a head when they lost the fucking Jets. Can you believe it? How do you lose to an 0-4 team? The Jets, I get it. Sam Darnold came back from Mono, but still, you're the Cowboys, and Look at how the they Jets, played, though. Know? Look at how that offense looked with Sam Darnold. At the end of the day, I think Jason Garrett needs to be on the hottest seat possible in the NFL. Um, I, if I was Jerry Jones, I would just fire him and have him fly his, fly his own way back to fucking Dallas. <laughs> wow. Now, the collective team itself for the Cowboys played a good second half after going down 21-3, but they still couldn't pull out a win. Yeah, they fought and they battled and came back, but in my eyes, you should have won that game easily. I don't know what the fuck you're doing hanging around with the fucking Jets. Um, now, in my eyes, the Eagles versus the Cowboys, this is a must-win game for the boys. Like, if they have any... Well, actually, just, uh, let's put it this way. It's a must-win game for both teams. Yeah. <laughs> both the Eagles and the boys, right? Yeah. Um, if you have any aspirations to win that division and making any noise in the playoffs, it's a must-win game for you. Now, in regards to the Eagles, man, they didn't show up. They did not come off the buses. The team out there, I don't know who that was, right? They got way too... Like, what the hell was that with, like, Jake Elliott? Instead of walking away with three points going into halftime... They try like a, a a fucking a fake a fake and it got picked off. Yeah. Just no, not good. No. And, and uh, what we're talking about is the uh, the Vikings and the Eagles played on Sunday. The Vikings uh, won thirty eight twenty, but it wasn't that close. The score shows it's only eighteen point win, which is a big win in the NFL, but it wasn't even that close, right? Um, the Eagles couldn't move the ball and they couldn't stop Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has three hundred thirty three yards, four touchdowns. Um, and I think the biggest issue with this team is the Eagles secondary. Um, they have some serious issues. And uh, Jim Swartz, the defensive coordinator, needs to get the defense playing better. Or it's not going to be pretty against um, the Cowboys and other NFL quarterbacks. Um, they're going to eat, the, eat that fucking secondary alive. Um, I'll still take the boys at home 28-24, though. All right. Uh, no, I think right now, Wentz, I think he could be in line for a decent day. I mean, last week... Against the Vikings, 26 for 40, 306 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, I think he could have a decent day against the Dallas defense that gave up 338 yards and two touchdowns and a pick to Sam Darnold. 
Uh, but these the pass catchers, the, the drops are brutal. Like yeah. they they're not they're not helping Wentz out at all. Like he's putting the ball right there, and they just got stone hands. So that needs to be fixed. Uh, Jim Schwartz, I love how Jim Schwartz is like going for broke on defense without a secondary that can figure out if they're man or zone. Because uh, one of the one of the touchdowns to uh, I think it was the second touchdown of the day to uh, to Stephon Diggs in the corner of the end zone. I think one of the corners thought he had high safety help and there was nowhere to be found. And there was like 10 yards between him and Stephon Diggs. So they need to figure that out. Maybe they could call uh, Jacksonville and get Jalen Ramsey, but I don't think they're going to. Well, they almost had him. Well, the issue with Jacksonville is they want a high first round pick. I mean, you know, Eagles in Kansas City, they're going to be picking towards the bottom of the first round. So they're going to have to sweeten that package a little bit to price some cornerback help. Um, but this this secondary is a, ga- a gas can. They need to figure something out right quick. Uh, the Dallas side, the offensive line's a mess. It showed with Ty- without Tyron Smith and uh, and uh, Collins. I can't pronounce his first name, so I'm not going to try. Uh, uh, Collins missed and make the up o- a name. <laughs> the offensive line, see, the the offense seemed in a funk. Uh, Cooper he left the, he left the game early with the I believe it was like a, a contusion, like a, like almost like a bone bruise. Uh, it's kind of been listed as day-to-day it's almost going to be you know depending on what the pain is amari cooper going to be full go if cooper can't go uh gallup could be in line for a huge day against mm-hmm. the secondary um and kelly moore and the clapper need to figure it out and it seems like granted they played bad teams at the beginning of the year but there are reports from like the the saints game i think it was cam jordan came out and said that they, they figured you yeah kellen moore's play calling yeah they figured out kellen moore's play calling because they didn't from, change it since fucking high school i'm sorry since college Boise state yeah Jesus, come on kellen moore so so that's uh that's what they, they've been using is using boise's old boise state highlights to figure things out they've been inconsistent on with the play action and you know, by the time this offense gets clicking, it's just too, they're too far in the freaking hole uh, to do anything. Um, so they're going to have to figure that shit out right quick. Uh, the over-under is 48 and a half. Give me the over and give me Philadelphia on the road in Jerry I World. I am super excited about this game, though. This is going to be probably the game of the week besides that Seattle and uh, uh, Ravens game as well. Um, but I'm super excited about this game, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, pass versus Jets. Um, listen, I'm going to make this very, very, very clear, very quick. I think the Pats are going to roll over the Jets. I think it's going to be, um, let's call it 42-24 maybe, if that. Now, listen, uh, the Jets, obviously, we have our issues, and I've highlighted them in, in the fucking first segment. But the Jets themselves, man. Sure, they look like a completely different team with Sam Darnold. It looks like there's a different playbook for Sam Darnold when it's you know, when it's not Luke Falk and what's the other guy's name? Uh, uh, Trevor Simeon, right? Um, he had a great first half, three touchdowns. Um, highlight was that 92-yarder to Robbie Anderson. And I will give you this. The Jets did play some solid defense, and it seems like the Jets have hope. But New England's coming to town. We own the Jets. I don't see us losing to them. So I think it's going to be a blowout. That's just wishful thinking because I hate the Jets. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, about that. So, from the objective point of view over here. Um, <laughs> and also, you know, Quinn Williams is back, and C.J. Mosley may play on Sunday. So, that offensive line may have their hands full here. Uh, but the New England side, offensive line, just rewind to the first 15 minutes of the podcast, and you can listen to uh, what I said about the O-line here. Um, 
the uh, the timing between Brady and the wide receivers needs to be tightened up. Uh, like I said, a few times he was thrown behind Edelman. They had a couple of costly drops. And then the one pick that Brady did have seemed like there might have been a little miscommunication on the route. Like he threw it pretty much right to where the jackrabbit was. And Edelman was nowhere to be found in that area. So they need to figure out their communication and, and, and whatnot, which shouldn't be that hard because of how long they played together. Um, but they should be able to get some wide receivers uh, play going, especially with Nikhil Harry possibly coming back for this game. The Jets are 21st against the pass. Uh, the the run game needs to figure something. They need to they need to get Sony Michelle more involved. Like I don't I don't know what other way to put it. Like, yeah. They really do need to. They need to figure out. figure something out. Like dig up a dig up a fucking fullback off the streets. You know, sign Mike Allstott real quick for a couple of weeks here. Uh, but the defense has been lights out. They need to continue this trend. Uh, the Jets side, Darnold and his spleen, they came, they came back. They look good to go. Uh, Chris Herndon, he was activated off of the exempt list. Uh, he was shut down last week because of a hamstring issue. Not too sure if he's going to play this week. Uh, if he does play, that's a huge piece of uh, an offensive weapon for Sam Darnold. They had a decent connection last season, to, uh, the last couple of games. So this should be uh, something interesting to watch here if he's full go. Uh, if C.J. Mosley returns for this matchup, this defensive front, like I said, gets a huge bump. Greg Williams should be able to dial up more exotic blitzing calls uh, against this you know, pedestrian uh, offensive line. For the New England Patriots, give let's see, over under is forty two and a half. Give me the over. I just have no faith in this Pat's offensive line. Let me guess, you're picking the Jets. I'm picking the Jets oh. just, just because the oh. dude, the offensive oh. line is that bad. Brady has no time. They're flushing him out of the pocket, and he he you know over the last three games he's had a pick. You, in you each heard one. it here, America. Apparently, Denver's gonna beat Kansas City and. Uh, the Jets are going to beat the Patriots, so yeah. we shall see what happens. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I was the thinking about the tape doesn't lie, Jay. I was the thinking, tape doesn't lie. I was thinking about how you fix this Patriots team, and it's very simple. You you beg Gronk to come back. Well, Gronk came out. He, <laughs> he came ne- out today and he, said, "I retire. Like I'm done." It's, yeah. No. Well, he never filed his retirement papers though. Yeah, but not? he he came out on an interview today when he was asked uh, by WEI. You, you know what? Let me pull it up. You can't you can't always take what people say on TV as what they're gonna do. Gronk literally said it himself. Let me, hey, man, let me pull it up. Listen, and, and, at, you know one point, at one point, Gettleman said they didn't sign Odell to trade him. Like, yeah, but the biggest issue, too, is Gronk is pushing CBD, and CBD is a banned substance. So until that drink, comes off the, the, a lot of water. the list, he uh, he's, he's not coming back. Yeah. So um, You had another game you wanted to pick as well or no? Because I know I didn't go through all those games. Yeah, look at that. It was just yeah, I mean, the Lions and the, uh, the Vikings. I go mean, for it's, it. It's a huge division matchup. Uh, the Minnesota side, they just need to continue airing the ball out. Uh, Detroit is, surprising enough, 29th against the pass and tend to play a ton of man. Uh, so depending on where Darius Slay lines up, uh, you know, Diggs versus Steelen, whoever isn't covered by him should have a decent day. Uh, the Minnesota offensive line uh, is great. Uh, is you know they, did, they were 24th overall in pass protection. They did great against Philadelphia, and the Detroit defensive line is 24th. So they should still have some success. 
uh, the Minnesota defense, Ben lights out. So Detroit side, Stafford just needs to keep doing his own thing, keep being vintage. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay should see a lot of Xavier Rhodes. I would expect to see Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson if he can come down with the fucking football more involved. And the over-under for that Lions-Vikings game is 44. Uh, give me the over and give me Minnesota. All right. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah. Where the hell was that? I'll send it to you. But, yeah, you can look it up. He was on WEI. I think it's on their Twitter page. Uh, just Gronkowski interview. Uh, but real quick before we wrap it up, we actually do have a mailbag question. Oh, snap. So it's who's, from, who's the lucky winner? It's from our boy, uh, OG friend of the podcast, uh, Freddie Hercules. Is he is he the friend of the podcast? Is he the OGest Well, of him, all? him and Sarah, oh, they're the oh, OGest. Yes, 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 yes. And then, you know, Aaron the Viking fan. Oh, Aaron the so, Viking fan. You know what's funny? He, uh, I, I will occasionally text him when the, when the Vikings are doing really bad. And he's like, he'll just come back with, I fucking hate this team. I'm going to kill myself or some shit like that. Wow. And I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. And then they've been winning, so I should probably check in with him. Yeah, see, yeah, doing, see how Aaron the Viking fan is yeah. doing. And it's funny, for being the for being a person that works in the same company with Aaron, I, I really talk to him. <laughs> well, I mean, he's in California and you're here. Yeah, but still, like, you know, our fucking names crossing the inbox or, like, you know, right. you know call out to Van Eyes or whatever. Right. So. Um, but, yes, let's hear from Freddie. You're fired! Yeah, so, uh, Freddie, his question is, uh, is Cam's starting role in question with the backup going 4-0? This seems almost like a TB12 situation. Yeah, man, I think I think it's about time uh, you move off from Cam Newton. I think you've seen what Cam Newton is at his best, which is obviously a Super Bowl, uh, get you to the Super Bowl and MVP, but he hasn't been that in, what, five years now? Yeah. And he has not even been close to that level of play. Um, he had a good, what was it, six-game stretch last year when they were 6-2 and two and he had that fucking uh, shoulder injury. Um, but it seems like Ken Rue can't seem to stay healthy, whether it's, you know, his, his foot or his ankle or his knee or his shoulder, whatever it is, there's some constant injury issues, durability issues. So I think it's about time you move on. Kyle, Kyle Allen's balling. He's 4-0. Um, they're using the fuck out of Christian McCaffrey. They look very cohesive as a team. He's spreading the ball out to his receivers. Curtis Samuel's coming alive a little bit. Um, DJ Moore's trying to come alive a little bit as well. And I think I think he has that um, that selflessness, Kyle Annan, where he'll get the ball to his receivers, and it'll be on them to make a play, where I think Cam kind of held on to the ball a little too long, wanted to play hero ball, wanted to get the big long shot, make himself look good, right. whatever it is. Just like a lot of psycho- psychology here going deep into these guys' minds. But I think, I think you seriously got to consider. You got to sit down and be like, listen, we're four and two right now. We're four and zero with Kyle Allen, and when he does come back, Cam, we started practicing this week, right? Yeah, in the bye week. Yep. Yeah. So like, you guys just consider like, hey, is this something we can go back to or not? You know? Right. Right. I'm I'm on the same bo- uh, boat too. I mean, the, the, this team's clicking here. And in the words of Matthew Berry of ESPN, he uses this all the time for fantasy purposes, but it applies to real life football as well too. It's all about talent and opportunity. Like he's getting the opportunity with this young offensive group with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, and you got this defense that's balling out. I think you you have to go with the hot hand. And Kyle Allen's no slouch. I mean, he started great last year, Week 17 against the Saints. Yes, you could say it was a bunch of backups, but the point is, is he had the ball out in the dome. I think he had like three touchdowns in that game. And then, short of just him having fumble issues, he's been de- he's been great. He's been great in this game. He's dishing the ball out to everybody. Greg Olson's kind of getting a little bit revitalized in the right matchups here. Uh, you definitely got to go with the hot hand here. And Kyle Allen beat out the third-round draft pick this year in, in Will Greer for the job. So talent and opportunity, 
I say you stick with Kyle Allen. Dave Tepper, he bought the he bought the team last year. I think he's going to want to get his own guys in there. You know, I could I could see them moving on from Ron Rivera next year, regardless of how the season plays out. Uh, Cam Newton, he's under contract next year, uh, but his contract becomes cuttable if they cut him uh, at the end of the season. I think that's only going to be like a two million dollar cap hit. So I think they just move on from uh, from Cam Newton at the end of the year, and it's going to be the Kyle Allen show moving forward. Could you imagine if they cut Cam Newton? And he ends up in dolphin land. <laughs> Behind a shitty ass offensive line. Just Dude, to... I thought you guys had hope this week. I thought you guys were going to win. Yep. I was you like, know what? Oh, I was shit. all right, though. I was all right with us losing. Because, yeah. one, we're still in line for that first round. Yep. The first overall yep, that's pick. That's all it means right now. And, that's and all two, means. I like the fact that fucking Coach Flores went for two. I like I like it. I'm, yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down with, with him going for two in that game. Yeah, trying that to win at home. That play call was like... Yeah, we really are tanking here. Nah, he dropped the ball. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm all, I'm all right with, with Coach Flo doing doing what he did here. Now, do you, real quick for Cam Newton, and we can wrap this up. Do you think he finishes the year on the on the roster and then gets cut at the end of the year? Yeah. Or, think... or do you think they're gonna flip him for for draft pick? Like they'll trade him by the deadline. First of all, who's gonna trade for him? Who needs a quarterback right now? I don't know. Let's look at Washington here. I mean, it's a fucking turnstile at quarterback yeah, over there. I mean, I don't know, man. That's hard to say. I can't really. I mean, I don't know enough about the Panthers organization and who who they are. I know sometimes organizations will hold on to a player that's brought them good times, you know, just for sentimental value. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what David Tepper or what's his name, John Tepper, or David Tepper, right? David Tepper, yeah. Don't know who, what kind of person he is. Don't know what his motives are, but. I don't know, man. I I, uh, I guess I can see both scenarios, but if I had to guess, he's probably going to be on that uh, roster next year as well. Yeah. Maybe in the backup role. What's up? Maybe in the backup yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, so that's uh, that's really all I got. So, Freddie, thank you for the question. Appreciate it. How's that boy Freddie doing up there? He's doing good. Yeah. Last We were talking a little bit a couple of months ago. We were saying he, he might have to relocate for his job uh he's not too sure when he's going to be finding that out so oh, where's he going to uh possibly hawaii do they have podcast services in hawaii i mean they do have internet out well, there well perfect so, well then we're fine <laughs> so we're good to go with uh, well we gotta go see him up in new hampshire before uh before he dips out yes sir we gotta uh, we gotta get a little night out with the boys up in new hampshire I know. I mean, we got a couple of people crying about fantasy, so you know. Well, I mean, they have a right. A they have a right to cry, Brandon, uh, because they're trying to use the veto as a as a the fairness police. Listen, I didn't know we were in a dictatorship here. Okay. Hey, I'm betting you love that Stefan Dix trade right now, right? Yeah, it's one week though. It's one week though. It's one week. He's done more in two weeks than Odell has since that trade. So look at that. The fairness police aside, <laughs> no, I'm on the losing end of the trade so far. That's you know funny. We should go up there and just ha- hash us all that. Have a couple. There's of nothing to hash out. No, stop being there, a, stop there's being a the lot to hash police. out. You pulled a fucking Kim Jong Un move on us. You know, it's not my fault you can't the, read. The, not my fault you can't read. The dictator. Not my fault you can't read. It was put out there. Bobby B, Mike B. Who else is there? Uh, and then you crying about it. Yeah. Actually, no, you and weren't crying. Chima. You were doing the let me ride both sides of the fence. But I pulled everybody <laughs> in that league. I pulled everybody in that league. You three are the only ones crying about shit. Everyone else is fine with that. I'm not crying about the the trade. Oh, I'm itself. sorry. You're not crying. You're riding the fence. Here. I'm not crying about the trade. I'm just. Uh, I'm just. You know. I was just stunned that there was no uh, veto. Yeah, for I just trades. read. All I gotta do is read. All I gotta do is read. I even put it. In, I read. Looked at the email. I reread it, and I was like, "It's in bold." Yeah, it's but in bold. Who reads emails? You know that. Hey, it's not my problem. <laughs> you got clients that call up and say, "Oh, 
Where was this written? Oh, it's in the contract. I, it's in the contract. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that, Jay. All I got to do is read. I, you know what's funny? I can just picture you sitting at home getting madder and madder. I was pissed. Like I was so like. Motherfuckers. I was so like. I was so pissed at like the, the amount of complaining. Yeah. And, then, and then it quickly went from like just complaining about it being a rule to like did a sharp left turn to like personal shit. And it's personal like, shit? And I was like, okay, was dude, shit? like have a blessed day, bro. Like I'll see you week six. I'll see you week seven. I was like, okay, <laughs> dude, it got remember, to that point. I remember getting personal. Yeah, read the Twitter thread. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, fuck, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah, read. it's not my fault people can't read. But anyways, end of this fucking podcast on a positive note. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Uh, Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Uh, you can find this episode and previous ones on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh, at the suggestion of our friend uh, Pat at Smoky Pints on Instagram. Smoky Pints! Uh, at Smoky Pints, if you want a good craft beer review, you want a good cigar review, which ones to pair together, uh, check out his Instagram page. Uh, he suggested a, a Fantasy Friday quick promo video, so I'll be trying to do that uh, every Friday afternoon for last-minute waiver wire editions and streaming options. And uh, that's, uh, that's Dude, all I got for Speaking for of cigars, I think we need to make a little trip down to the Owl Shop. It's yeah, been, it's been five weeks, six weeks. You, you sound like you're going through withdrawals. Yeah, I mean, I like to have a cigar once every four or five weeks. Uh, put me in the fucking intervention house. All right, sorry, sorry. I got, I got, I got soccer. I got soccer with the kid. I got you trying to change my license and registration over. November is going to be a complete wash. I'll try to figure some shit. November is going to be a complete wash. Yeah, because we're fucking. I got my birthday. We're going to New York. I got my my parents coming down. We're going to Buffalo. I'm going to the Caribbean at some point. Yeah, November's gonna be a little busy. All right, step on a dick. Hi, Mr. Potter over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as always, we will catch you next. Hey, I got we. I gotta hit Freddie with the with the you know, Freddie Soliotis. Yeah! I just want somebody to walk by the house. I'm very to say that.